Planned Parenthood asked me to show someone how I see them. Like, really see them. So this ad is dedicated to my boo, Robert. Hey, boo. I see the way you're always willing to help out your loved ones. I see the way you care and how you'll give me the first and sometimes last bite of your food, even when I know you don't really want to, but I appreciate you for that. (laughs) I see your creativity, your humility, and your willingness to become a better you every single day. I see you as someone who is open and always eager to learn new things, and I feel very lucky to get to see you, the real you. Planned Parenthood sees you too, and all of us, not as patients, but as people, deserving of understanding, compassionate, quality health care, and education. And they understand the importance of having access to that care so that you can define exactly where you're going. Visit www.bseen.org to learn more about how Planned Parenthood is here to see you become who you will be. That's www.bseen.org. Hey, y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey, y'all, we're back with another episode of Damsels in Detroit. I believe this is episode 54, and I'm sitting here with Tatiana Hines, and we're going to talk all about her work as a creative strategist so of course I'm going to read a little bit about her before we get into our questions. Tatiana Hines is a brand strategist and dynamic content creator with five plus years of experience spanning both advertising and digital industries. Tati is the person that people call to summarize greater concepts into digestible material. From photography and product design to creative direction and even vegan recipe development, Tatiana is a woman that wears many hats very well. Hello. Hi. How are you? Well, that was such a great little summary. That I was like, oh, how are you? I was like, <laughs> thank you. I was like, let me add a little bit more. That's cute. I love <laughs> it. Thank you. <clears throat> well, thanks for coming. Um, we can jump right on in if you're ready. Definitely. Okay. So, as I said before, you are such a creative person, and I think that anybody that follows you on social is definitely able to see that. So, when did your love for creating things begin? Um, I wasn't, I want to say I don't really consider myself a creative until about like 2015. Mm-hmm. And that was like after working at Chipotle. <coughs> I don't know, like, I, like <laughs> that was just really a pivotal moment for me. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was that year that I'm, I just started to kind of like think a little differently in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met some kids on campus. I was going to Eastern at the time, and okay. I really wasn't into um, any, like, my first, like, year and a half in, on campus, I was like, go to class, go back to my dorm. I was, like, mm-hmm. super, like, I don't even like to be here, you know, like, antisocial. <laughs> um, but once I started to kind of see the different organizations on campus, um, I was able to find this group called Tribe, and it was just a bunch of different types of creatives, and um, they were like, hey, we want you to come on as a stylist, and I'm like, I've never styled anyone. <laughs> I just like to style like myself, clothes, yeah. right. um, and but it was just, that was my intro moment to just like being able to visualize myself in a creative space. Mm-hmm. And so from there, 
um, I started a music festival, actually. Oh, cool. Which was my first creative project, mm-hmm. which was, like, a huge project to be, like, okay, I'm not a creative, and then... Right, doing this whole event. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And at the time, that was probably... So, like, around that time of the first No More Parties music festival, that was 2016. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was just an unheard of thing to do, kind of an Ipsy mm-hmm. at the time, uh, which was kind of weird just because it felt like a really creative town. But like it really when you step off of campus, it's like there wasn't much to do. Right. Um, and so be- me being in tribe, I was just all around a lot of creative people. And I was like, it would be cool to be able to put something together to like showcase all of the talent that we have mm-hmm. as well as like some of the people that I knew from like back home, which is um in like Southwest Michigan mm-hmm. area, like closer to Indiana. Okay. Um and you know, I had a lot of friends on the internet as well who were like into music and so I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I could create some kind of platform to kind of bring all of those together? And it seemed really crazy at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and it was at a time where like all my friends are going to like college parties and like I was like the one that was like sitting in the car waiting for everybody to oh, go. No. <laughs> That's so surprising. <laughs> and it's like I would go to the party but like after a while like I don't want to be here yeah. all night and like everybody's like so then I would go home and then come back and pick them up, you know, it's like I don't want to be <laughs> <laughs> the mom friend. I understand. Yes. I I relate heavily to this. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it feels like people think that I'm a like extrovert but I'm really mm-hmm. like super like chill yeah you know like I like to socialize selectively I, mm-hmm. like, I call it I like that <laughs> I like that a lot way before social distancing <laughs> you know I was like <laughs> he was already on that <clears throat> um so where do you draw your inspiration from um definitely my environment mm-hmm. and uh I like to kind of create like an environment that is very stimulating in all of the senses or as many senses as I can um tap into so it's like sound taste you know like just like all these things are really important to my creative process so um wherever I'm creating there needs to be a kitchen you know it's like Mm -hmm. I'm like that's a huge part of me being able to like Sometimes I, I can't think straight, and then I'll go to the kitchen and just cook, and I'm not really hungry. So it's, mm-hmm. like, it's cool for, like, me to have someone in the house so it's like a, or call someone over, like, hey, you want some food? Which is why, I like, sometimes I'll sell the food because, like, I just really need to cook, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but um, I like to, like, those types of movements really inspire me to, like, I don't know, just kind of, like, be able to it's really hard to explain mm-hmm. i guess when i try to put in words but it's just like a fluid situation yeah. where um i have a thought and then it'll i'll be able to express it in a few different ways mm-hmm. um and so like my environment has to be able to you know like sustain all of those yeah that makes sense and i mean i think cooking is probably one of the most creative things that people can do cuz you're literally taking I don't want to say nothing, but you kind of are creating something out of nothing, right? Because you have ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue that a lot of us face, right? We open the refrigerator and it's like, I can't do nothing with this. But if you take the time, then you can. Right. And that's what the beauty of, like, I thought of 
being able to watch my mom do that. Like, there's n- I'll go in the kitchen as a kid, and I'm like, there's nothing to eat in there. Mm-hmm. She's like, putting spaghetti together, in there? Putting a whole <laughs> meal, you know. Like, I'm like, I'll let see your things. And so, like, as a kid, I started to be able to, like, watch her put those meals together, my, mm-hmm. my older sister. And I'm like, oh, this is, like, a really cool, like, thing. And I started to just, like, put random stuff together and, like, try to create my own sauces. And yeah. so, like... Um, that's always been a uh, thing, like since even since I was growing up. Yeah, and so um, being able to kind of express creative creativity with food, and then like find other outlets. Like for me, food came first, and then like all these other outlets mm-hmm. were like me exploring other things, um, but keeping like food at the core, you know. Yeah. So what is your creative process like? So you said you like to cook through things, but is that every time or sometimes do you kind of just like sit down and like write stuff down or? Oh, yeah, I'm very much like a writer. I have so many notebooks, like all different sizes too, Mm -hmm. like the ones that like fit in your pocket, the bigger ones, like um, even like a sketch pad where like I'm drawing, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like idea mapping. Yeah. And like, um. I would say the first part of my process would be to get all of my ideas out there, however that looks or feel like, however I feel like I need to draw it out. Um, But it's a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of lists. (laughs) I'm a list person, too. I love lists. Yeah. They just make things. I I think it's just a better way for me to think because you can bullet things. And then I like the satisfaction of crossing something out. Either when you're done or if you, like, decide that that idea doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Like, even, like, on a whiteboard, like, I know Mm -hmm. I can erase it, but, like, sometimes I'll still cross it out. You know what I mean? Um, It's just something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But from there, I would say I want, like, I start to explore how to bring the idea to life. And so it really starts with the concept Mm -hmm. first and... Sometimes the concept will be inspired by, like, an activity or, like, um, a feeling or emotion. Or sometimes it'll be inspired by, like, uh, just, like, a situation that I've experienced um, or something that, like, I'm really passionate about. And so, and, like, sometimes I get these downloads where, like, I just need to, you know, figure out how to bring this idea to life. Um, And then I figure out, okay, what resources do I need? Mm-hmm. And so I'm. it always starts with the strategy, and that's kind of where the list goes. It starts with the list, and then it goes to a strategy. Mm-hmm. And then from the strategy, you know, I'm able to figure out um, exactly what I need to get my hands on so that I can start to create it. A lot of things that I do, I, lo- I, like, I like to be a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether like, I have my camera in this bag, that I designed with a friend. Oh, cool. Um, you know, it's just like different, like I like to be able to be really immersed in the project. And so I'm always at Michael's. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of the <laughs> creative process. Going to shop for this stuff. Getting the supplies and just like being able to visualize it, you know, mm-hmm. um, tangibly. Even if it's just like a, a prototype or a model um, or like with an event being able to go to the space and, like, kind of yeah. map it out. Um, 
that's really important, especially if it's a place you've never been or I don't know if you've had to, like, plan some that maybe aren't in the state, but, like, that could also get <laughs> crazy because I'm like, I need to see what I'm doing. Yeah, and that was, like, a project that we had in class. So, like, mm-hmm. I had an event planning class that kind oh, of cool. prepped me for all of situations that. like mm-hmm. that, um, which I do. Um, I don't think I've planned a event. Actually, I have. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did a lot of event planning um, at one point. I was an assistant to, like, a event manager at an, uh, a city club in Ann Arbor. So, like, we did a lot of weddings, bar mitzvahs mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was able to play with a big budget and kind of, like, really get elaborate with, like, layouts and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, which was really fun and it was cool to be able to be creative in that space because, like, it was kind of like a space where it's, like, very traditional. Right. You know, so it's like, oh, I'm just learning how many avenues that I can interject creativity mm-hmm. into. And that goes, again, to, like, exploring the different mediums and what that looks like. You mm-hmm. know. And budgets definitely make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, why doesn't money grow on trees? I don't understand. Because it's... Right. It's 2021. Somebody need to figure it out. Right. Like, all this <laughs> digital, like, just make it appear. Come on. Okay. Just come on. Um, so, are you more of a trial and error type of person, or do you like to make sure all of your ducks are in a row? Like, what do they say? Measure twice, cut once. Are you more of that type of person? Um, I, If that was, like, a spectrum, I'd be somewhere in the middle. Okay. You know, because I, I'm not afraid to try and, like, you know, like, have different uh, variations of the experiment. Like, okay, go back to the drawing board and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also don't want to be doing that too much because you can waste a lot of time and resources that way. So it's like I try to find a place where, like, I'm able to, like, fail because a lot of my lessons do come from, like, okay, oh, that didn't work. Right. You know, but it's like then in that you're able to figure out, okay, why didn't it work and you know, like a way more efficient way. And sometimes it's like, you know, like why not think of this at first, but like those situations put you in the space where like, okay, now you can really be creative Mm -hmm. with problem solving. Yeah. I understand that too. Like, I think too, sometimes we have a tendency to like over prepare. I think I'm more of a trial and error person Mm -hmm. because I'll be writing, like we talked about lists. I'll write, 50 things down and I'm like okay they're fine I do that (laughs) like I'll write all this stuff down and then I think you can overwhelm yourself with the planning process and at some point it's like you just need to to try it you just got to do it very much um yeah yeah and like um that's I feel like that's the fun part for me Mm -hmm. you know like because um I like to think about anxiety. I, I like to think about everything on expect, a spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times when you just, like, try and, like, you think, you plan for, like, oh, it might not, you know, whatever, but it's, like, what if it does go right really well? Yeah. And, like, you just tried it out, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And now you can go, you can still go back to the drum board, tweak it, and it make it even better mm-hmm. because the first, the first time you tried it, it was pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, I like to think about, those odds when I'm like preparing for a project. Mm-hmm. 
It's all 50-50. Mm-hmm. I'm very optimistic. Yeah. You know, but like in a very realistic yes. kind of way. Same. I try. I mean, yeah, we all have our moments of like, wow, this this is not going to work. But I do try right. to lean more <laughs> on the positive side because like you said, it, it might not work out or it could. Mm-hmm. And this could be the best thing that you ever did. You just never know. Right. What was the first creative endeavor that you took on for a client? Um, Friends Closet. Okay. I was a brand manager. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is, the, what is a brand manager? <laughs> Anything you wanted to be, honestly. Really, like whatever you <laughs> needed at the time. Um, but it first started with like, um, so Friends Closet was like a vintage resale shop in Ipsy. Okay. Um, and it was like specializing in 90s retro kind of mm-hmm. you know and hard to find like jordan kind of mm-hmm. stuff nike all the hype beasts before it was like you know like right when it was like starting to be cool to thrift you know mm-hmm. and so like real tommy hilfiger kind of stuff okay but also very much thrift vibes and so he would uh the owner of the shop would go to the thrift store and find these different pieces and i stopped in the store one day and i was like oh this is cool and i don't know i don't even know how the initial conversation happened, but he started to give me pieces of clothes to um, customize. And so, oh, like, cool. I would do, like, bleach designs or, like, I was, like, doing, like, a lot of text design with, like, hand-painted stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would sell it in the shop, and I would get a commission from it. Nice. And that was, like, I was, like, oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I was uh, started to help with the photo shoots and, like, help do the set design and then that grew into like, Oh, we need a social media presence. And that was like right when social media became like a thing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was probably around like, probably like 2015, 14, around around that era, 15. Uh, And I had always been like really tech savvy. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've, we had iPads in high school and stuff like that. So it's like. That's very nice. <laughs> DPS did not have those. No, but what's crazy is I went to DPS in middle school and we had a Mac lab and like MacBooks and all that. Oh. So it's like I kind of been around Apple product. Though. What school did you go to? Malcolm X Academy. Oh, maybe. Well. Shout out to all my fellow Panthers. <laughs> I went to Bates and we didn't have those. We had Apple products at home, but we definitely. It was a it was a Dale community. Oh man, those <laughs> <laughs> I was very fortunate to have like actually when I think about it, I've had mostly every Mac computer mm-hmm. like or like product. Um but that helped me to be able to like I was on Instagram in high school. You know, okay. so it was like I was like figuring it out. So it was really easy for me to be able to show him how to use that for mm-hmm. the brand. Um and I was helping him with the website as well. And so it's like photo shoes, website, all that. I was like, oh, I'm kind of managing the brand online. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that's kind of how we came up with the term brand manager. And then um, when I was, I had a class, personal professional networking. Shout out, shout out to um, my professor, Carrie. She's great. Um, that class really showed me, She like, when I was explaining to her the project, she was like, this is an actual, like, marketable skill that you're mm-hmm. doing. And so she helped me set my LinkedIn up and... Um, I kind of started to grow the brand, but then it shut down. So then, like, it was it was like a spark, but then it was like yeah. A, it was I nothing. mean, but the skill set is still there. It really <laughs> definitely taught me a lot of things. Yeah, that's cool though, and I like that he was giving you a commission. Like 
that that would have made me feel pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, and it was like my first like little taste of like the freelance mm-hmm. independent contractor kind of life. Yeah, shout out to you. Mm-hmm. So creativity and art is very subjective. So what might look good to me might not look good to you, vice versa. Um, but and for me, so I like to write. And I've had to edit people's stuff before. And I think one of the challenges that comes along with it is making sure that you're not making somebody else's work sound like your voice. Mm -hmm. So you can get, I can get crazy with the red pen and be like, well, I would say it this way. So when you're working with a client and they're giving you like their vision and ideas, how do you make sure that you're not putting too much of you into their projects and still making sure that like their voice and their vision is clear um for me I ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. you know and I like really like I feel like the more that we and like in the early stages of like discovery and consultation like the more that we get on the table the easier it is for me to be able to um see what they what it is that they want and put it in put like my ideas to the side because at the end of the day, you know, it's like, and I think that's the balance of it. Like I'd work on my project. So it's like, I know when to drive and when to be in the passenger seat, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or when to give directions Mm -hmm. or like, you know what I'm saying? Um, so like, I feel like for me, it is, it's not that hard, honestly, for me to, um, but like definitely asking a lot of questions in the discovery phase. Cause like, the more that you're able, they're able to describe it, like, with mood boards, mm-hmm. idea mapping, a lot. I have, like, a lot of different um, techniques that help with that process and make brainstorming really fun okay. and exciting and then, like, get them really passionate. Like, when they're really passionate about the project, you know, like, it's like, that part is exciting and then, like, it's easy for them to paint the picture for me mm-hmm. and, like, that. I take their spark and I run with it. Okay. You know, so it's really exciting to work with people who are like excited about what they yeah, do. Yeah, that's fair. Because mm-hmm. um, I know sometimes when people know other people are creative and like they might be more of like the strategy brain and I'll be like, I just want somebody else to do it. But then the other person, the creative comes back and gives them the assets and they're like, well, this isn't what I wanted. And it's like, okay, well, did you. Did you say that? Right. And it's like you kind of deep down knew what you wanted then, mm-hmm. but you didn't really know how to voice it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the important part of the work process. I try to bring them along with me every step of the way mm-hmm. um, in some capacity so that they have, again, that hand in what it is that we're producing so that the outcome is very close to what that they what they want Mm -hmm. because that's how I create you know like when I'm working on a personal project I have my hand in there at least a percentage so that it's something that you know is very close to what I want so Mm -hmm. doing that for someone else is easy to be able to like invite them into the process and I think that's what people like about working with me is like they get to do some of it for themselves you know it's like we're working together. I always tell people, like, I don't work for you. I right. work with you. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, different activities and, like, just being able to outline how we work together and show them, like, okay, these are the steps of the process. Um, it really helps us to, like, build that vision together. That's cool. 
So I feel like you know how to do everything. Like I'm pretty sure I've seen you like screen printing in your house. Yeah, and... I made these pants and this shirt that yeah. I wear. So like, who just randomly has a screen printer in their house? <laughs> so can you talk about some of the different creative services that you offer, or even if you don't offer them, ones that you just do for yourself? Um. Okay. So let's see. I'm like I know it's a lot. <laughs> uh. So the services that I currently offer, we'll start there. Okay. Um. Because I'm actually in the process of refining, mm-hmm. you know, because got to get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. You know, that's an important part of the of the journey. Um, but right now it is really, I've condensed it down to the LPM system, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm in the process of trademarking. Okay. But um, it is basically a system of strategy, aesthetic development, um, content creation and social media management you mm-hmm. know like all the things that you kind of all the, those are the four pillars that you build a brand on um and so that is what the system walks you through um and it's again that very it's like a three-month process that we work through okay um and that is the service that i am currently offering mm-hmm. but a lot of people, the the service that I don't promote at just yet, just because I'm really trying to refine it, mm-hmm. um, is the printing services. Okay. Um, or are the printing services because they, they're the, it's a process. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out the most sustainable way to go about it because mm-hmm. I actually just found out that this is very harmful for the environment. Oh, really? Um, is it the, the dyes or the... And so this is actually a process of, like, um, heat press and vinyl. Okay. Um, and so the vinyl, the material that the vinyl is made out of is not good for the environment. Okay. It's actually not, it's not the best for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to, one, clear my studio of all the vinyl that I have. Oh, man. Uh, it's okay. You know, because, like, that happens sometimes. Yeah. But, um, and I'm in the process of figuring out what it looks like to continue, which will be screen printing. So okay. I'm excited that you're like, yes, because that is the future. Yeah. Screen printing is a lot more sustainable. And like um, the part of trial and error that I'm at right now is like figuring out, okay, how do I learn a better way of doing what I'm doing currently? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a lot of research and development at the moment, um, but it's exciting. Yeah. I don't even know what the alternative would be. Like, what else would... There are some eco-friendly transfers that I'm okay. currently researching, but, like, I don't know enough to say, like, oh, this is a good right. alternative. Yeah. Um, Just yet. But, like, I do believe that there is a way... Um, A friend was telling me about some sort of poly transfer that's a mix of, like, heat press and eco-friendly paint. And so it's, like, kind of similar to what I do, but, mm-hmm. like, made in a different way. So okay. I'm going to test it out. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't realize, but I mean, I've had a couple people on that do fashion and um, sustainability is like also at the front of their minds and their brands. Just the way that fashion is, it is very harmful for the environment in general. Like we toss out clothes and yes. we don't know what happens to them exactly. after we just know it's not in my house anymore. So mm-hmm. out of sight, out of mind type of thing, but. It's yeah, and the, the lifespan of that piece of clothing and just, like, what it's actually doing to the environment and, like, the um, 
where it goes is so important. Mm-hmm. And these are like these pants are thrifted. Um, and like the reason that I got into heat press rhino is because it was allowing me to be able to um, reuse mm-hmm. already made garments. Right. Um, but like I'm so open into learning the best way to do that. You mm-hmm. know, so, like, I'm not. I'm. A, I'm. A, I love that I learned that this was not the. You know. The best way. Right, because um, it's really a part of the process and it's super hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is actually... She's showing me her cool bag. <laughs> that a was jacket. made from a Wisher Wisher or yeah. a Windbreaker jacket. Yes, it was made from a jacket, and I worked with a friend to, like, um, turn it into mm-hmm. a crossbody bag Yeah, with, like, so many pockets. I, I like it. it. I was about to say, it looks like you have a lot of storage space yeah like this is a oh, pocket and the zipper here. is functional yes and it opens into the okay action. i'm glad we're talking about this because i did have a question for you about sustainability so um tati's pants say recycle for good karma which is one of her brands um so i just want to know why sustainability is so important to you and i don't know just like where your headspace is at with trying to create a better earth <laughs> um it is just like a part of I think it's a it should be it's just a part of life honestly mm-hmm. and when I committed myself to living a better quality life you know and like exactly really figured out what that looks like um the environment is a huge part of that mm-hmm. and it's so important for us to be connected to the environment and for nature to be able to thrive but like currently how we're living is like going in the opposite direction of that and so um yeah like it's very much inspired by my personal journey honestly Mm -hmm. like the closer that I get to myself the more that I want to be able to um kind of help the world you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it sounds so cliche when I say it out loud but like (laughs) (laughs) um honestly it's really like um, just my love for life. Yeah. You know, and, like, a high-quality life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, nature is so important to our health. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, that's yeah. where it comes from. I just said that I think that people who litter are ugly, and I don't make the rules. It is what it is. So just stop throwing stuff on the ground. All of my homies hate littering. Okay. That's what my shirt says. Same. Mine do too. If you like to litter, you're not my friend. And so. you're ugly. Yes. <laughs> okay. That part. That part. That part. Most importantly. Because it's really such a lazy thing. It and is. I, and like that's an ad that I made. Like littering is lazy. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. It's a conscious choice to say I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's like why? Why? We have to live here. I'm just like, if we keep messing with the earth and global warming continues to be a thing, where are we gonna live? It's cold in May. Like it's there's cold. no way that I should be wearing a cardigan. Some pants and a long sleeve shirt. Right. In May. In May. I'm doing the most here. I just, you're doing the most. And I don't want to do the most. You look great, but you're doing the most. No, I feel the same. Um, I just, like, took all of my summer stuff out. Yeah, because you thought it was that time. Right, because we had that 80-degree day. I went mm-hmm. outside. I, like, jump roped and did some walking. And then I the also jump roped. Yeah. I like, jump roping. It was the same. That's, I mean, I hate cardio, but if I have to do it. Mm-hmm. I would jump out. But yeah, now it's like 50 degrees and cold. And I'm like, wow, I should have worn my docks today. But right, like I should have put on long socks. 
Yeah. <laughs> Should I have put my Uggs away? Did I make a mistake? I don't know. <laughs> Premature, maybe. <I'm> <laughs> so how did you keep busy during lockdown? Because I know a lot of the things that you do and work on are pretty interactive. Mm-hmm. So did you have to like pivot anything sure. that you were doing at all? Or what did that look like for you? Oh, man. It was like a complete stop of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, and that was like a life lesson for me to like not so attached to plans because they can mm-hmm. change at any moment um but yeah I had a lot of things that I had planned um collabs brand partnerships events most of them were events um mm-hmm. I had to just like yeah stop you know what I mean but it was it was such a really cool time for me because it was very necessary pause mm-hmm. um I had just moved to the the city, and so I was just, um, I just got really creative at home, and that's what I mean about environment, like, I have a lot of tools to be able to create, so I got back into playing the keyboard, I took lessons for, like, five years Mm -hmm. growing up, and so, like, I kind of still know, um, a little bit, and so I kind of dived back into that, um, I painted a little, I cooked a lot, Mm -hmm. I was going to the grocery store every day. Oh my god, It was so so great, (laughs) because like, I love going to the grocery store, it's one of my favorite things, and I was like, oh, as long as I, I was like, the world is shutting down, I can still have my favorite thing, I felt lucky, actually, because you know, like, a lot of shit you couldn't do, Yeah, I was like, I can still go to the grocery store, and I drank a lot of champagne, so it's cool. Okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah, grocery store trips truly did feel like. The main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it was. You put like, a fit together. You put a fit together. I mean, somebody going to see it. Yep. <laughs> I feel like everybody started taking pics at the grocery store at that point. I mean, where else are we going to go? I was like, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I I got a bike. Okay. Lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's crazy because, well, it was already on my agenda to buy a bike because mm-hmm. right before I moved from Ipsy, somebody stole my bike and my uh, snowboard, which is really crazy. Okay. Um, So I was like, oh, I just need to replace my bike. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that they were about to go out of stock yeah. real soon. So I'm glad that I did get it. My first time seeing a bike in a year was probably, well, at the store, I should say, was maybe like two, three weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, they still making them? <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably pumped up to production. Okay. Because I had not. I was just like, because I was thinking about it. I was like, should I? Because I live like kind of close to like some night. Well, I'm by the Jaquinder Cut and like my area is pretty walkable anyway. So I'm like, should I just get a bike? Some kind of wheels. And something. But then they were all gone. You know, Target. Rollerblades? No, I'm not. Those are sold out too, which is. I'm not good at skating. Rollerblading scares me. Mm, um, Understandable. Because. Everybody, I've never seen anybody just go slow. Like, it just seems like you're going 50 miles per hour anytime you put them on. <laughs> kind of true, though, when you think about it. Like, yeah, you do got to get up there. Yeah, and then people don't be having helmets on, and I'm like, you probably don't need one, but I, like, I would be the one that's, like, padded up from head Actually, to toe. Actually, I fell on my longboard the other day. That's what this is. Yeah. And it's like, I'm too grown to be having <laughs> If I'm breaking now, it's over. You know, <laughs> um... So, can you talk about some of the projects that you've recently worked on and some that you currently have in the works? Um, yes, I can. Oh, well, this is this bag is something that is in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a prototype. Okay. Uh, one of uh, many of the bag series. I'm just trying to figure out 
how many other bags. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like there are so many different types of bags. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, hmm. Ones that you feel like you want to share. I don't want to, like, I don't want you to speak on anything prematurely. Right. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was like, there's some things... Well, like, let's just say that I am coming into a creative space. Okay. Um, And maybe, when does this episode air? When are you looking? Um, Probably Monday. I've been trying to do Mondays. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got a couple of days. I'm going to keep it on hush. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, yeah, like, uh, definitely a space. I've been looking for a space, and it's actually crazy, because mm-hmm. I wrote it down, and it's like, oh, it's here. Um, But opening a space for creatives, um, working with someone that um i've known for a while so i'm okay. excited uh about that mm-hmm. um yeah no i don't know if i, if I can say because there's like a lot of like documents yeah ndas and things yeah, yeah i get it <laughs> <laughs> i totally understand that um so you have also started a creative house called little power moves mm-hmm. um one, how many other people are in the um, collective with you? And do you guys work on all of your creative projects together? Or is it just certain ones where you feel like, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to just do this by myself? Mm. Yeah, there is about six or seven of us. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three teams. It's the strategy, uh, the strategic communications team. There's mm-hmm. the uh, audiovisual. And then there's the design team. Um, and yeah, we kind of, kind of break the project down like that. So we'll figure out what is needed, um, and how we could utilize each other. Mm-hmm. And the, really the purpose of the house first and foremost is to be resources to each other. So it's like, if I need, you know, if I have an opportunity definitely to be able to, um, hire someone that mm-hmm. on my team, that's where it goes first. Yeah. Um, and then. We try to uh, be resources to other people as well. So. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like, I mean, I think that's one of my favorite things is when I know someone personally that I can recommend for a job mm-hmm. or anything or opportunity or whatever. That just makes me happy. Yeah. Shout out to the network, you know, especially yeah. when it's like a close knit, like mm-hmm. you and your friends are able to hold each other down in the respective industries that you work in. It's yeah. Like when when finally able to cross paths or like, oh, I know someone that, you know, here, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Love. <laughs> <clears throat> so what has been your most favorite thing or project that you have created or worked on this far? Mm. I have to choose one. Uh, Definitely the food pop-ups. Okay. You know, that like, because that is, those are, so, that's something that I wanted to do since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and every time I do it, it's different. And so that's what keeps it really exciting for me. And it's just really fun to be able to connect with people with food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favorite ways to create for real. So it's like, I love any any food project that I do. I'm like, oh, this is... My latest one was Sobre Mesa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in January. Okay. And that was... And that that's still in the works. Actually, we can kind of talk about that. Okay. Um, just because it's a collab with a local chef... Um, and we're really trying to create something new um, with private dining mm-hmm. and, like, you know, in the entertainment sector. Um, so that has been, like, it was just something I wanted to do for a while mm-hmm. um, as far as, like, being able to 
um, prepare that sort of meal and have it an intimate setting. Um, the way that it came out, I was able to uh, partner with a local wine company, um, black woman owned. It was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a good turnout and like it was a really good foundation for what we're building. So, um, that was probably my favorite so far. Did you do that at your house or yes. was it? Okay. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, I feel like that's better. Cause if you're about to cook a lot of food, you want to be in a kitchen you're familiar with. You want to know yeah. where everything is. Yeah. The kitchen is very important. Um, but like the kitchen at my house at the time was perfect. And like the way that it flowed into the dining room mm-hmm. and how we filmed the episode that we shot, it was like, if I could build out a set, it would look exactly like that. Okay. You know, like a little better. But, like, yeah. essentially the layout, like, the kitchen flowed. And it was really cool to be able to be in the kitchen and, like, hear the feedback from the dining room. Like, being that, being that close to the action, mm-hmm. but also that close to the people that are enjoying the meal and, like, hearing the feedback, like, yeah. in real time. Mm-hmm. It's so That was so cool. Yeah, that is cool. Well, if you ever need a dinner guest, let me know. Uh, 100%. And so what was exciting was that was a guest list that we, like, me and the chef put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just invited people that, you know, we thought were, like, one, that had, like, a platform or, like, you know, were interested in food in some way, mm-hmm. would enjoy the meal. But um, we didn't explain the menu to anyone. It was, like, oh. a secret menu kind of thing. Okay, now I hate surprises. Oh, really? You got to give me, like, a little hint. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was nothing. It was so exciting. You can't be like, it's an Italian. Like, if I know. No one really asked either. That's just crazy. Wow. They're so much different than me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, can you at least tell me what color sauce we're doing? Mm, That's a great question. Because I know people that are like, oh, I don't like white sauce or something like that. So that's a really good. That just would have been my way. I I would answer that just because I respect it. I would have probably told you. Okay. (laughs) Well, now I know. Next time, if you have one, I yeah. know to like disguise my questions very right. Precisely. Just like get, just be real intricate on the yeah. details, and I'm like, oh, let me just explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably figure it out. <laughs> um, so, is there something that you want to do but you have not done yet? Yes, there are a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, the list is long, but definitely um, something that I would like to do very near in the future um get into like making some dishes mm-hmm. um like ceramic okay uh dishes that would be cool to do a pop-up mm-hmm. with your own dishes you are kind of in my mind right now <laughs> yes no but um being able to yeah do something like that mm-hmm. yep. um cookware uh i have a collab for nike mm-hmm in mind so hopefully they're listening (laughs) i know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody hopefully (laughs) right if you're listening um but yeah i have a lot of like collab projects in mind Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of something i would like to pursue in the future Mm -hmm. just being able to um put a sustainable twist on a lot of things yeah you know and not even just a twist but like being able to work with some companies and like implement like actual change within like the infrastructure um to make it more of a sustainable company yeah i like that mm-hmm. thank you because i think a lot of brands are thinking about it right now because the conversation is being had a lot more but i think because they haven't been doing it for so long they maybe don't know where to start or mm-hmm. like their efforts are not 
the best genuine yeah genuine or received the best way mm-hmm. so that would be pretty cool yeah and the way that i want to present it is like not an intimidating way like oh you guys should be doing this but mm-hmm. like um just being able to again like kind of introduce it as an experiment to see like you know look at the variables how they are right now and how can we manipulate them for a better outcome with quality you know input you know what i mean and just like figuring out skimming you know where we can and figuring out how we can really create actual change within the system that doesn't feel intimidating you know Mm -hmm. because it could be easy to be like oh we've always done it this way and like that's what a lot of companies um are like kind of married to the idea of like doing it very traditionally Mm -hmm. um but just being able to present it creatively and i think that's the that's gonna be the key yeah i can see that for you i like this thank you (laughs) so i have two more questions for you um my favorite question to ask everyone is what does it mean for you to be a damsel in detroit so now that you have your apartment in the city and you are fully immersed, which you probably already have been in Detroit culture. <laughs> what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? Um, it means to be able to explore and uh, kind of use the city as a playground, honestly. And that's probably my favorite part about living here, just figuring out how to be a creative in the city mm-hmm. and finding those spaces that... Um, are very receptive to that or being able to like kind of break those barriers that might not be so receptive um and just it coexists with the city like in an artful way mm-hmm. you know like I feel like there's so much natural beauty to like the city like I'm always riding my bike or like mm-hmm. on my longboard even like I rode my longboard to um from like Van Dyke to Bello. oh wow Right, we, oh, like on a longboard, it was kind of a, <laughs> a trip, but like it just gave me a greater appreciation, you know, like and like, um, that's really what I'm getting from just like being in the city, like as an adult, because I lived here, um, growing up, okay. you know, and I moved away and then I came back, and so like, all right, you did say you went to um, <clears throat> Malcolm X, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to clear my throat oh. <laughs> when I said, no, I'm so sorry, I literally was clearing my. <laughs> That was horrible timing. I'm so sorry. I was like, ooh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Literally clearing my throat. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. But, um, yeah, like, I just had a different perception of the city living, growing, uh, mm-hmm. living here young, I guess, growing up and then coming back. And so now it's nice to be able to kind of rediscover it um, and figure out ways mm-hmm. to interject that with my creativity. Yeah. I do think you do look at it differently from when you were a kid. And now, because before, I, I think I felt the same. I was just kind of like, uh, like, I think a lot of people feel like that about their hometowns. Like, you'd be like, oh, whatever. And then you go and you come back and you, I feel like, have a greater sense of pride or yeah. appreciation. And you look, you're looking at things from a different, more mature lens. For sure. So, yeah. For sure. And lastly, where can people stay connected with you? And are you accepting any, like, inquiries? Like, if people want to work with you, um, are you taking on any new projects? Um, You can connect with me on littlepowermoves.com. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to have some new things on the website very soon. Uh, I try to make my website really interactive it is it was cool <laughs> <laughs> thank you um so yeah I'm, I'm working on some updates right now 
and I will be accepting new projects um, at the end of June, going uh-huh. into July. Um, but right now, I'm just kind of doing a lot of like internal um, work and personal development. Mm-hmm. A little sabbatical. Yeah, I get it. You got to take a break sometimes. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Yeah, especially when you're, I mean, creating ideas for yourself is one thing, and then, like, creating ideas, like we were talking about before, trying to, like, create somebody else's vision or bring mm-hmm. it to life. That can be a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I haven't been able to put everything on pause because, like, you know, still got to pay my bills. Right. <laughs> I have, like, um, some contracted work that I still do, mm-hmm. you know, on the daily, but um, just kind of limiting it to that. And it's been really hard to set that boundary because people are like, oh, I have my deposit ready. Like, Guys. <laughs> hmm. Well, my wallet is open. What a coincidence. <laughs> hmm. You know, but, but like that, it was a boundary that I had to set for myself as well. Yeah. Just like to be able to respect that. And like you said that you were going to take time to get it together. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And they'll, I'm sure they'll be there mm-hmm. whenever you're ready to go back. Cause yeah. I'm sure they really, really, really want to work with you. So. Aww. Hopefully. No, uh, we're locked in, though, so I'm excited to actually have some work to go back to. Mm -hmm. That's actually a privilege and a blessing. Yeah. You know, and it kind of makes being able to take a break a little easier. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This This was was fun. These are some great questions. Thanks. Putting my journalism degree to use. Yes. <laughs> um, well, thanks y'all for listening. Thanks, Tati, for coming. As always, I want you to remember that Detroit girls do it better, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>